Everybody, what is going on? You know what time it is. You're listening to Join the Journey podcast with your host, Emma Daughter. Thanks for joining. Today, we are looking at Micah 5-2 and Matthew 2, 1-6. But before we dive in, a quick announcement that we have opened up some new opportunities to serve or volunteer with Join the Journey. So if you are local to Dallas and are considering making Watermark your church home or already have, we would love to have you. We've got a social media team and we're looking for project managers, graphic designers, photographers, and videographers. We've got an events and hospitality team if planning or hosting people is more your thing and a resources team if you're into writing and studying and learning or doing research we would love for you to apply to one of those new teams or as join the journey has had for many years we have a team of volunteer editors who help edit the content that's posted every day at jointhejourney.com through our daily devotionals and discussion questions that are written by watermark members and that team of editors also helps edit content for the journals so if you're interested in volunteering in any way. We'll put all of those links in the episode description, and we'd love to have you join us in the new year. But all of that said, I am here with my friend and faithful porch leader, Rebecca Liao. Hey. Glad you're here, Beck. Hi. So fun to have you. Uh, I'm, I'm thinking we do some get to know you. Okay, right, let's just do some, it. some rapid fire questions. All right. Christmas music before or after Thanksgiving? You know, really not before December 24th. Oh, that is, you don't play Christmas music until Christmas Eve? I mean, it's like the week of that I'm you turn in it on. the mood. Yes. Definitely after Thanksgiving. So. That's, okay. All right. That's mm-hmm. fine. Last um, minute. Question I've been asking a lot lately. What was on your Christmas wish list as a kid? Yeah, the OG iPod. Oh, the, the thick brick one? Yeah, the like first one you had to connect, yep. download the songs. Oh, yeah, via the, the cable. Mm-hmm. You, but it would hold a lot of songs. Mm-hmm. I mean, a ton. That one's showing my age a little bit. but Yeah, we'll let the listeners guess. <laughs> guess your age. Uh, and then here's some more interesting questions relevant to the adults listening. What do you do for work? Okay, so I'm really lucky. I get to do what I'm extremely passionate about, and that is interior design. And I really get to bless people around town Mm -hmm. and um, just help them with their personal homes. So fun. And what is your favorite project you've worked on recently? Well, they're all my favorite. I think my favorite to date is probably my first one. Really? Your first one ever? My first one that I got to like... Lead? Lead, finish, Mm -hmm. say our goodbyes. And um, that client, they still live in Dallas and I hope they call me again someday. But... She wrote me a sweet note that Aww. was like, thank you for all you did for our home. You know, I've enjoyed your hard work and your friendship. Like the oh, past so there years. was a relationship there. And I just was like, That's we're so cool. friends. Yeah. And I think when you build that, like, equity, it makes so do, what I do really sweet. Interior design projects can take multiple years. Yeah, I mean. Is that more common to most of them? It obviously depends, like square footage, where you're building, all of that. But I would say typical, like I'm in a project 12, 24 months. So I really get to know you. You would. Uh, Have you ever done any Christmas designs? Mm, No. I think now's the time. (laughs) Hearing how much you love Christmas music. (laughs) I'm like, don't call me. Don't call me. (laughs) She's a Grinch. Who knew? (laughs) There are people that do that. And they're great at it. They love doing the holiday. That's not your favorite. Hey, that's cool. We'll call you in January. Uh, but right now, you're not here to, to interior design. You're, you're here to talk about Micah 5 and Matthew 2. Uh, so I'm going to let you just set these passages up for us. What are we looking at? 
Okay. I know we're jumping in. I know. I'm like deep dive. Deep dive. Here we go. Um, So I think kind of to set us up, there's Micah, then there's Matthew. And Micah is a prophet, and he's really just like, you know, telling the coming of the Messiah Mm -hmm. and like what's going to happen. And and then in Matthew, you kind of really see that play out in real time. Yeah. It's that simple. Prophesied and fulfilled. Beck, as you read these, what jumped off the page at you? A couple of things. I, interestingly enough, as like a details girl mm-hmm. for my job, like looked kind of at the details in these. Yeah. And I think there's a lot of similar word descriptions. And so, for example, like in Micah, um, I think the Lord is really sweet where he says, but you, mm. like, oh, Bethlehem. And then, and he repeats that in Matthew. Mm. And I just take that really personal of like, you know, something I wrote down is I'm like, the Lord is like so direct and so specific that like even a small place of Bethlehem is like so tiny. And and it even says in there, like you are who, who are too little to be among the clans of Judah. Like it's almost like nobody even expects anything from you. Such a low expectation. Yeah. And so I think that the Lord is like really putting emphasis on using unexpected people from unexpected places. Mm-hmm. And I think just like, honestly, in our culture, I'm like, I think we expect these really great people from amazing backgrounds and all these things. And I honestly think just more even recently, like God is using the most random people mm-hmm. to like display his glory. And yeah. so um, I love that little kind of tidbit in there. Another good thing that I kind of picked up on is the whole story of the wise men and that they were astronomers, not kings, which is interesting. Mm-hmm. And I think even too, like there's a group of them. The Bible kind of explains that they've come after the birth of Jesus, like several months mm-hmm. and how they come from the east. And so they come find King Herod and they almost expect him to almost know what they're coming for. And he doesn't know. But what I thought was really interesting is in Matthew 2, um, verse 3, it says, When Herod the king heard this, he was troubled, and all of Jerusalem with him. And I really just sat in that, and I was like, all of Jerusalem was troubled with Mm. him. And, like, I think Herod wanted to be king of the Jews, and Jesus was clearly king of the Jews. Right. And so he felt threatened that, like, this infant or Mm -hmm. this king was actually born and alive, and so his throne is now um, in jeopardy. But it was interesting that I thought, you know, I was kind of digging into why all of Jerusalem was troubled with him. Yeah, why would they be troubled? And they kind of explained it in the way of what Herod was known for was like death and mm. violence and just like he killed his wife and some right. of his sons. He was and, crazy. Yeah. And so they were just like, if somebody's coming to threaten King Herod's throne, watch like out. what's he going to do to us mm. who would be the people under this ruler? Ah, uh, I see. And so— I thought that was just interesting. And I'm like, to have masses of people just freak mm-hmm. out too for something that we celebrate. Right. Like, we're like, Jesus is born. But for them, it was but a, a like, dangerous time. Yeah, totally. Wow. Um, and the other thing I would say that I thought was a really big takeaway is back at the beginning, again, where Jesus is born, the wise men kind of make a journey. And one commentary says that, you know, Jesus as an infant creates this stirring. Mm-hmm. Like, he doesn't—he has said nothing— He has done no miracles. He's not even talking, you know. There's nothing he's actually done, and it's already created a big emphasis on There's a ripple effect, yeah. Yeah, and it's like just a baby, and we think how harmless and needy Mm -hmm. they are. 
Yeah, I think there's a lesson in, sure, we're not Jesus, but the decisions we make in our lives do have a greater impact than we realize. So I don't know how much uh, consciousness Jesus experienced when he was an infant, but even just his very existence, the fact that he was a living, breathing child, had major ramifications in the city of Jerusalem. And a, a baby typically would not be aware of mm-hmm. the ripple effect they have. You think about even just when little kids have a baby sibling who's born, and that affects the family, just their very existence. And sometimes we're not aware of how much influence or, or um, potential for impact we have by just being present, like by by walking into a room of friends or walking into the, the dinner table with our family this Christmas. Like your, your presence can have ramifications that are good or bad. Mm-hmm. For Herod, yeah. it was tough. I mean, the rest of the nation was troubled. They were distressed. With Jesus, it was a good ramification. He was born and he starts making waves because he's in charge, you know? Mm-hmm. I think that is a good application, honestly, in thinking through the holiday mm. gatherings of like, what presents are you bringing in? Like, is Jesus going with you? Mm-hmm. And the ripple effect that he can have of like, you know, when God's with us, like, we're able to do things that in our flesh we can't. Yeah, if, if Christmas is an uncomfortable time, there's a reassurance. He is with me mm-hmm. as, I, as I sit down at this table that mm-hmm. I don't want to be at. Mm-hmm. Or if I, I love my family and that's something I look forward to, there's a comfort of knowing I'm bringing the joy of Jesus and we can partake in that together. Mm-hmm. You know? Mm-hmm. And I think it's cool, too. Like, I don't know. I think culturally we get lost in the Santa and the Jesus and the baby and the Shopping. manger. And I'm like, there is a reality that God loved us, that he sent his son to come and be born Mm -hmm. as a baby Mm -hmm. and like, you know, live for 33 years. And like, what, what are we going to do with our lives in light of that? What we think about Jesus matters. Yeah. There's a quote that says, a stir begins as soon as Christ is born. Mm -hmm. He has not spoken a word. He has not wrought a miracle. He has not proclaimed a single doctrine, but when Jesus was born at the very first, while as yet you hear nothing but infant cries and you see nothing but infant weakness, still his influence upon the world is manifest. When Jesus was born, there came wise men from the East and so on. Hmm. There's infinite power even in an infant Savior. That's by Spurgeon. Beck, that's so good. Thank you for sharing that. I think that's a great place to end. Thank you for being here. Yeah. For coming on the podcast. So good to have you. And as always, I'm so glad we're all on this journey reading the Bible together. Hey, we want to thank you for listening and we hope you enjoyed the episode. Did you know that you can help support Join the Journey by rating and reviewing this podcast? And if you're willing, we'd love it if you subscribe because the more you download, the easier it will be for new friends to find the podcast.